welcome to Dynasty As They Want To Be, a podcast where we drill into every episode of the iconic 1980s television series, Dynasty. I'm your host, Derek J. Lang, and with me is my co-host, Kyler K. Jafari. Willkommen, bienvenue, stranger. Yes, willkommen to the third season of Dynasty and Dynasty As They Want To Be. The third time, will it be the charm? Uh, God, I hope so. But I mean, season two was fabuloso. Yeah, I mean, I can't say we're necessarily off to a great start. This was Mm -mm. sort of a weird and balanced episode, but we'll get to that Um, in a minute. Yeah, I have things to say about that. It does seem like Dynasty is having a little moment in pop culture right now. I've been noticing lots of Dynasty references out there. Also notice that Dallas is not having a moment in popular culture. Oh, smack. Uh, No, we went to see RuPaul's Drag Race live in Las Vegas And they have a slapping contest that was very Dynasty-centric. You could tell there was a lot of tipping of the hat to to Dynasty and the the slapping. And then RuPaul hosted Saturday Night Live recently, and there was a whole sketch that was laced with Dynasty references. Well, who knew in 1982 that sharp dressing and snappy dialogue and over-the-top storylines would somehow relate to drag culture in 2020. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously it resonated with a certain demographic, but it just continues to reverberate, it seems like. Uh, the reboot notwithstanding. We don't talk about the reboot on the show, you know Not that. Ever. What did you think of RuPaul doing Dynasty in a Mine? I think it was great because like, you, you were waiting for the, the diamond reference, and then when when you finally got it rupaul says diamond the way that i say it to make fun of it diamond <laughs> and it's another one of these i don't know snl like where do they decide what to actually broadcast versus not because as we all know the things that don't that are cut for time cut for time uh are quite frequently much better than the actual show is and not to be too shameless but if you want something that's cut for time from our podcast you can go to patreon.com slash nasty podcast to listen to our bonus episodes and ad free episodes you just have to start patronizing us for a dollar a month patronize me patronize me but that's the crystal level you can also upgrade to the alexis and blake levels as well that's patreon.com slash nasty podcast in asty podcast are you done with that plug <laughs> yeah sure where have i heard that before plug it in plug it in so let's talk about what we're drinking today because i know that's the only reason anybody ever tunes into this i'm pretty sure they fast forward through this part yeah of the they, episode. I, you know and i wouldn't blame anybody if they did so we're having high balls um mm. how high are your balls so this is like one of those drinks that it went away and then it's come back again. And you couldn't be blamed for thinking it's just like a crappy senior citizen country club drink. But it is like pure and simple. When you've had enough of your foo-foo drinks, your girl drink drunk stuff, umbrellas and cherries and pineapple juices, you've got just scotch and... Club soda. Club soda and two ice cubes. Don't you dare put more than two ice cubes in the glass. Oh. I put three in my No, 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 no. Here's why it's called a highball, I think. I don't know. This is what folklore tells us anyway. Get ready for fake news. Yes. Uh, it refers to um, 
testicles the no you wish this is based on the railroad signal um which we didn't work on the chain gang or the rails or whatever it was so i'm a minor honey but yeah anyway so i guess the signal was like two two red lights or something at the top you don't chill anything it's a built drink you just pour everything in the glass Maybe your seltzer or club soda is cold from the fridge. Maybe it's not. And then you have one or two ice cubes. But the thing is, is you don't serve it with straws. You drink this straight out the top of the glass. And the two ice cubes at the top keep it just cold at the at the sipping point, mm. shall we say. But what and if one of the ice cubes gets in my mouth? Well, you're not supposed to do that. I mean, you can eat it, but then you're going to have nothing else left to chill the top of your drink. So you're telling me I should close my lips a little bit more. Yeah, you know how to whistle. Anyway, I I love this drink because this is just basically, I'd hate hate to call it a palate cleanser because it's a little more than that, but... You know, when you've it's had like enough you drink like, it before you're going to drink some other things. Yeah. And you don't want to drink it at midnight. No. This is I think highballs are distinctly a daytime drink, although you would you would be forgiven for ordering it after dark. This is certainly a party drink. Well, let's take a break and go make other ones because this episode is going to require me to That's be other heavily thing. drunk. I needed I needed a highball for this. This is not a celebratory drink. This is a straight like I just need a nipper of something you're making a plea because yes okay well let's take a break and then we'll get into it Derek, your hair is looking very extra today. Well, that's because I used a few squirts of Sauce Beauty's Extra Virgin Olive Oil Intense Repair Treatment after I washed my mane. You put EVOO in your hair? EVOO, oh, no. Sauce Beauty is a delicious new hair care line inspired by the flavors you love. With a nutrient-rich blend of olive thyme and basil oils sauce beauty's extra virgin olive oil repair treatment adds silkiness controls frizziness and helps prevent split endedness but you don't cook with it yummy kyler and i are proud that sauce beauty is a sponsor of dynasty as they want to be all their products are clean that means no alcohol Alcohol, gluten gluten, paraben paraben, salt salt, or Sulfate. Nobody wants any of that. Mm-mm. Sauce Beauty also serves up moisturizing shampoos, conditioners, and other hair treatments inspired by recipes like chimichurri, guacamole, and tzatziki. If that stirs your appetite, you can find out more at saucebeauty.com. Derek, all of you. <laughs> all of you too. And I love Sauce, Sauce Beauty. Welcome back. So we have a lot of loose threads to tie up. We got Blake on the mountain. We got little Blake who knows where. And then we got uh, Alexis and Cecil in the throes of heart attack. I'm just going to start up front. Allow me to be crude for a moment. This episode is a wet fart. This is a classy podcast. Would you please quit using the F word? We don't fucking use that word here. Okay. Fuck me 12 ways to Sunday. I don't know what you want, but I'm just... (laughs) I'm not pleased with this episode at all. And we've Okay, we've let's break it down. <laughs> let's not just have like a whole bitch fest about it. So But I think we've never really had a true bitch fest and this is this is the episode because every it's episode truly of heinous. This, this episode is a bitch fest. Is it does not deserve to exist in any universe at all. Okay. So 
let's break it down. So the biggest cliffhanger is the literal cliffhanger that Blake has been hanging out on. Now we have this storm coming through. He's there with the walkie-talkie, which he just conveniently knocks off the ledge, and Crystal's crying her eyes out. Blake! 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 10-4! Blake! Can you hear me? Blake! I never want to hear the name Blake ever again. She says it so many times. And if the repetition of, of, of Linda Evans crying Blake's name isn't enough, then we have the storm come through and we have the thunder and lightning over and over and the worst effect i mean i mean frankenstein was like b-roll from scooby-doo or something oh that's offensive to scooby-doo this looked like worse oh i don't know i've actually watched a universal monster movie fuck you i love scooby-doo kyler i couldn't get over it you know Fleetwood Mac once said lightning strikes once, maybe twice, but apparently at the Sky Ridge Dude Ranch, it strikes 19 over and over and over and times. over again. But, you know, they find each other and the music swells. It's like operatic. Did anybody think they weren't going to find each other? Was this really that so the big thing of a about deal? This with these two and by these two, I guess I'm talking about Blake and Crystal, uh, but it's like nobody really needed this, this bonanza a hacienda moment or whatever they're having on the 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 torrential mountainside cliff hanger or whatever it felt like a step back in time and actually the whole episode felt like it was not in 82 but that's interesting because i was thinking about that as we watched because you get that weird billings montana moment at the very end and it's like oh but wait there was more than just denver colorado in 1982 no yeah there really was and this is this is sort of like even today um when you get outside of the big city things are you know different maybe we'll just say maybe different. from 10 or 20 years ago if you don't do things the right way uh which is not like a judgment it's just like oh i'm seeing this on the show and that's like even back then it was like that but so. here's the thing that in the second season it was a dramatic improvement over the first season. It felt more fresh and and certainly more modern than the first season did. We were having lots of fun moments, all that crazy Logan Rhinewood shit and, and Claudia Blaisdell having sex with all these people and, you know this the the gay stuff with Stephen Carrington. Yeah, it was very advanced. And we're the way we're starting this out here. This episode seems very regressive. Yeah, it feels like we're in the fifties almost. Oh, that's so interesting. You bring that up because I love the appearance of uh, Lorene Tuttle, who plays the dying grandmother. Uh, but you know, she was the uh, sheriff's wife in Psycho uh, when uh, Marion Crane and friend go to visit and try to investigate what's going on with. Uh, with oh my god anthony perkins whoa but anyway so yes uh the lorene tuttle like was the the sheriff's wife and she was i don't know i think i'll just use other people's words because you know these are better she's the classic neighborhood busybody from the 1950s and here she is in like one of her like i don't think final roles or something but I, she's like delivering the acting and i just i i'm excited to see her here well i will say the one saving grace of this whole episode is all of the side characters yes there's they, so many there's too much side characters the I, side characters I are track. chomping at the scenery first we get the the nurse 
when Alexis goes to plea to Cecil to to marry her because she's afraid he's going to die and she's not going to get any of that empire. And she's okay. Seriously, giving eye that roll. nurse needs needs more to do because, like, frankly, some of these other characters are boring me. And yeah, they, they have Adam like Carrington, a full time contract. I'm not interested in yeah. meeting him. This I nurse want more is like of the nurse. She, this nurse is on our level. She's like rolling her eyes as Alexis is like trying to extract a, a sort of like marriage ceremony out of barely almost dead and she then goes Cecil and Colby. tattles to the doctor and the doctor's like the nurse told me what you were trying what you're trying to pull off here and i'm not having it right now your fiance my patient is a very sick man lying in a bed in this hospital and i won't permit that kind of strain on his heart look i'm not planning on having a a bevy of bridesmaids and a champagne reception if that's what's bothering you oh i see forgive me what you had in mind was just a quiet little bedside wedding. Just you, your groom, and a spare tank of oxygen standing by. I think that that whole hospital scene with Alexis and Cecil is like kind of desperate. A, a little a little nugget that explains how bad this whole episode is. There's something very imagistic about Alexis pulling down that little saran wrap window. <laughs> like, <laughs> and like Cecil Colby's there like in the worst uh, dead person makeup, makeup yeah. ever. Yeah. It's just like two coats of white powder. <laughs> and like just imagine this like vision of I don't know Alexis Carrington like staring at you through a a microwave oven sort of like, like I don't know I I would die on the spot honestly yeah. I would give up at that point yeah the oil tycoon in the bubble was not having any of what she was serving through that little drive-through window I would not have fries with that but yeah I love the nurse when when they're in the hospital and then later on when you know Blake and Crystal reunite on the mountain he checks into the same hospital again because there's no other fucking hospitals there's one in, one one horse in this town I mean so. not even just in Denver I think in all of Colorado but uh, there's this totally misogynistic sexist doctor who's like yes. yucking it up to Blake Carrington and then his nurse sasses him back when well, he, no, calls he calls her abroad. He calls her abroad, uh, which which is a term I love, but unfortunately is totally off limits these days. Well, uh, I guess it was off limits in 82, which is kind of nice to uh, well, see. Well, I like that the nurse called it out, you know, because so said, yeah, this is like your, your second wave feminism moment again. Yeah, like, she's like, uh, you mean person? And I need to speak to you outside the room, please. And then he, he just kind of brushes it off and just says he calls her pretty lady as he leaves the room well, so no, it's he like, called crystal pretty so lady. that was like a never mind on that moment and then the other little side character that we have that i kind of liked was the uh the audio guy for the tv crew when they came in to have the the actual plea and fallon looked shocked to see a person of color in the walls of the carrington mansion because i don't even think any of the help they're all white no, people, right? That's how bad they are. They they don't even have people of color on staff. Like. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of into this mystery of who stole baby Blake. Oh, you are? I'm not. I'm Is totally it bored you by hate it. babies. Here's a th okay, let's we we've gotten so off track. I started with wet fart, and the next thing is a this, baby, which they all they do is wet fart. So no, we're no, not no, no, we're no. completely well, on track that's here. True. You're you're right there. However, the thing about this whole episode is that Blake and Crystal have been given something to do and go away for a little while. And this is what happens when like side characters 
are running the circus. Oh, the worst is Fallon and uh, Jeff. I always forget his name because he's a non-entity. And like Fallon's doing this whole like, I don't know, like uh, Veruca Salt thing. Like, oh, daddy's going to fix everything. You know, I'm like, I want an Oompa Loompa now. And but you're not you're not invested on who stole the baby. Like I kind of set it up that we have a few different suspects. Uh, This is is like a cheap like Lindbergh baby recall. Well, clearly they were inspired by the whole Lindbergh baby thing. But, you know, it could... it's one of those like, am I supposed to really care about some rich person's baby? Yeah. Yeah, you are. But you don't. Because of the baby. The baby. Okay. The innocent little baby. And also it's... Uh, you're just not selling it very well. It's also like a, a way to circle back on this idea of Adam Carrington, who I thought maybe miscarried or something, but it turns out he was also I, w- I will say that is one of the finer points of this episode, as bad as it is. Like, yes, you, you've got the kidnapped baby versus the once and future kidnapped child, Adam Carrington. But so, my okay. thought instantly goes to how dumb and irresponsible is this family that they've had two babies kidnapped? Yeah, they're really mismanaging their family. If that's the case, we know that the Carringtons employ security guards because remember the security guards beat the shit out of that chauffeur in the first season. I mean, do they need cameras? I mean, I know they didn't have like you know Nest doorbells back then, but did they not? No, they don't need cameras. They need lobotomies. And speaking of lobotomies, can we just talk about Claudia because Claudia has gone full cat snacks crazy she's done i think she's, she's just done really horny this episode I've, no no i i it's like this like it's like it's horny in like a, a really sad way it's, don't kink shame claudia blaisdell just because she gets off on sadness wow maybe you've just unlocked something or maybe you already did and you're just telling me now but yeah i think that's what's going on here because she loves her beautiful young men so like clearly that's her whole thing with jeff colby and then Stephen you know, before then Stephen Carrington. Uh, Jeff's not having any of it. I love, love their exchange. Ew, it was so creepy to me. No, 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 no. Just in the, the, the only thing that I actually love about it is he's like, Claudia, my son is missing. And she's like, my daughter is dead. <laughs> and it's like, what is this like emotional horse trading? Claudia, my son is missing. My daughter is dead. Yours is gone. Mine is gone. Both of us are alone, really. I mean, we're without our children. We're without anyone, really. Oh, would you hold me? Would you just kiss me, please? Please. And of all the reasons to fuck, like missing kidnapped baby boy and dead daughter are like really low on the list. And and the fact that she proposes that they hook up because their kids are gone is so maniacal. Yeah, see, this this is how a sex goddess loses her power. And it's just unfortunate that they can't figure out what to do with Claudia at this point. But I like that they keep her on. It's almost obligatory in well, some way. Well, she's apparently but- not a suspect. So the suspects, we have Susan, the nurse, who Fallon doesn't even oh fallon's got it out for her yeah and then it's like well why did you hire this bitch to be your baby nanny if you hate her so fucking much stay tuned to find out oh 
Well, we do learn a little bit more about Susan, who I actually do. I do like Susan. I like I like the attitude she serves. Again, the side characters are. I almost are like life. Susan. The thing with Susan though is Christine Belford is almost good, and I can see why she didn't. And this isn't shade. I I can see why she didn't get a little bit more you know, in her career because her lines were delivered very like A, B, C. Oh, I don't know. I think she's, I think she gives bitchy. I think it mostly comes out. No, she definitely gives bitchy. I, and I, and that's, but that's why also I think why we like the other nurse. Apparently in the dynasty universe, if you're a nurse, you got to be sassy. There's so many like loose morals happening on this show right now because this is what happens when you have a lot of money in the 80s, especially, but eh, probably now too. You, you just like do whatever feels right. And like the nurse is like, what are you people up to? This well, is what insane. nurse Christine or Susan thought felt right was to steal a Cartier lighter to prove her love for Dr. Nick Toscani mm-hmm. in New York. So even she's not really fit to manage morals under this mansion. Well, I house. thought Claudia Blaisdell was the craziest person on the show. Wait, but under that's, a mansion's house? What the hell does that mean? We haven't even mentioned the fact that Dr. Parpadelli is MIA. He's not in the opening credits and he's pieced out. So I guess he was a one and done, huh? I mean, a whole one season? I was ready for him to be done after one episode, so... I wasn't sure if he was going to be in there. This is like soap opera writing, like... We don't have to pay you, so you don't have to show up in the titles. You're not going to be in the story, really, but you're going to come up in the dialogue. Well, that's, yeah, but this nurse Susan character is inexplicably tied to him, and Blake thinks he's the number one suspect for stealing baby Blake. I do like that the uh, the inspector says, it's your decision, but weigh your decision. This is life lessons, y'all. Weigh your decisions, don't just make them lightly. Just Wait, saying. that's the most earth-shattering advice you've ever received is to weigh your decision? No, I'm putting this whole shit on read. This is like stupid dialogue. This is more reasons why why this episode is heinous. This kidnapping, though, does once again bring Blake and Alexis back together because, spoiler alert, they went through this 25 years ago when Adam Carrington was also kidnapped. And Blake's not going to do that again. This time he's going to call a press conference right in the baby's nursery and plea, as the episode title suggests, for the baby's return at whatever cost. I am table banging mad about this because this is some sort of equivalent of pulling the rug out from under the audience. Like It's ham bone. Let's just introduce because we have nothing else to do and we need to keep the show interesting and we can't find ways to do it that are truly interesting. Let's just introduce this character that is a part of the of, of the family that we've never heard of before well they mentioned adam once and it was in passing dialogue but yes yeah, so, so they tried to plant the seed but not in ways they have done better in this show so far I, I don't i don't like this at all and also this is no offense to gordon thompson i just don't like the adam carrington character so i kind of have to recuse myself after this conversation because i just never liked adam carrington well i'm just which you're not supposed to like him i guess but you're gonna find that out later 
in this episode, that's probably not really on the surface yet. Yeah, I'm really unclear of what he's supposed to be doing, both in terms of the I story. I feel like he's supposed to be doing like some Michael Landon, Little House on the Prairie things, which keeps coming back to this. Like, it's all of this like sort of regressive, like, let's go back to the ranch, 1970s bonanza. Yeah, I keep waiting I for the know. moment where we're moving forward and we're getting like bigger shoulders and better makeup and more tuxedos and more fabulousness. So to go to Billings, Montana to meet the latest Carrington, who's actually the oldest Carrington child. Again, it's like a step back and his hair looked like it was from the seventies and the whole sick grandmother thing just felt like very, yeah, like you said, like little house on the prairie or, or some like Western movie or something. And I don't know. I wasn't, it didn't excite me. Well, and then the worst part of that is then the doctor comes and he's like, this is like the country doctor. Mm -hmm. It's all just very like sort of Victorian and 19th century leftover country fried, you know, and it just doesn't fit. I mean, like, honestly, they're not going to like stick around in this moment for too long. But in this episode, combined with Blake and Crystal doing their horsey stuff on the mountainside. And by the way, did you notice like Blake rolls up a hill? I didn't know that was possible. Oh, That's how God. bad the, he rolled this production up it, was. He rolled down it. The water was just squirting in his face and not anywhere else. And ugh, I don't need to see John Forsythe wet. I just never thought I would miss Blake and Crystal in an episode of Dynasty. But I'm like, I just realized like they're the anchor of all of this stuff, whether we like it or not. Well, they're certainly in this episode. Uh, they are, but they're... They're like in the background. And we do get some nice bitchy moments between Crystal and Alexis in the hospital. I mean, it's kind of interesting that they're both there to support their men who have had medical issues. And I think Alexis, for once, rightfully calls Crystal out on something because like normally it's just like daggers. Crystal, I just want you to know that I'm not going to accept the blame for whatever it is that happened to Blake. And what's more... I am sick and tired of being blamed for anything and everything that happens to either him or you or both shut of you up, together. Shut up, Alexis. Just shut up. I haven't finished yet. Yes, I know. You're my husband's innocent ex-wife and the splendid, irreproachable mother of his two children. Well, think of your daughter now, Alexis. Think of Fallon. Her baby's missing. And it's like, no, no, Crystal, no, no. Like you, you, you guys made that choice. That's that's an, use your words. You wanted this to go to the dude decision. Ranch. Yeah. You know, Alexis does have her moments where she's on the right side of the law. Well, did you think that she was right for? putting the Adam Carrington kidnapping on blast. No, no, this is more vaudeville. It's terrible. I fight with myself because there's like some interesting editing. You know, she talks about, oh, my son Adam and he disappeared and this can't be another kidnapping or another child that's going to disappear from our lives. And then they cut to the Billings, Montana montage. And then you are suddenly put back into the filming of this moment. Is somebody in Billings, Montana really watching a televised a live feed from the from, Carrington from Mansion. Denver, Colorado at the Carrington Mansion. Like that doesn't make any kind of sense in any world. And also major snafu 
when you see the Carrington Mansion on TV, there's no ceiling in the baby nursery. Yeah, you've you caught that one. Well, that was, other people have. Caught that was that. a Dark Shadows moment for sure. Like I like I think you were also playing like a boom that showed up a boom mic. Yeah, in the hospital, a boom mic almost hits. It's like so John like, Forsythe. Know, like the standards have just gone out the window. Well, on this here's episode. the thing: they just came back from break, right? It's the third season. Get it together, crew. What the hell's going on with with the production? values right now well yeah the production values are off the acting is off the writing is off the timeline doesn't totally make sense and the fashions weren't really giving me anything zero fashion in this episode all right although i have fashion things to say of course you do we'll get to those And now it's time for the Lurk of the Week segment where Kyler and I choose our favorite ensembles from the episode. Do you want me to go first? Sure. You're probably going to be surprised, but actually I'm giving it to Fallon. It was another brief scene with Wait, her. Wait, what? Mm-hmm. She was wearing a lovely shade of blue. I'm actually really giving it to a color because... I hate this outfit. It wasn't really an outfit. It was the, the robe, but I liked the shoulders. Oh, you're I, talking about the, the night robe. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know if it was at night because Jeff did give her a sedative because she was acting so crazy. It's when the crew came in and she was talking to Claudia. It was like the best fitting negligee no, I actually, robe I, I actually really like this. I thought you were talking about the Veruca Salt dress she was wearing. Oh, no, 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 no. And this was also a, a good moment to show off Pamela Sue martin's new hairdo i swear to god every time they have a new season she switches her hair up and looks totally different even though no time was supposed to have passed she got the biggest fucking blowout of her life i think she might have weave in there too well i think we've squirted this once before so pamela sue martin kind of was having some problems with her hair i think and so they were doing as much as they could to artificialize and is this true or you're just no I'm not I'm not coming from nowhere on this I I I, I mean I think this is a, a thing we're not really supposed to say a lot about because I think she had an unfortunate moment with hair here uh, but also uh, well, Claudia's I'm sorry. got I, apo- like, I want to publicly apologize for everything <laughs> I've ever said about Pamela no, I think we're treating the, the subject very delicately but like Claudia's got like ridiculous things going on well with her. she's always Jeff's got, got I just got crazy. fucked hair everybody's just yes it's like everybody just put their hair in a toaster and like and then like they put on an outfit and spat out dialogue I don't know what's going on right now the hair oh, is so crazy maybe that's what's wrong with this episode is they blew all the money on the blow dry budget <laughs> Say blow dry twice, I dare you. Blow dry budget, blow dry budget, (laughs) blow dry budget. Anyway, I like Fallon's outfit. That was it. It wasn't that great. Didn't have a lot of selections. Alexis looked pretty good in her fur coat in the hospital, but nope. I really just liked that. Hospital fur coat. That robe. Yeah, it was weird because like when they were doing the whole missing baby thing, especially towards the end, it's like, so everybody's doing this. Like It's like, like, you know, when like somebody dies and you're in mourning and you wear black. Right. So it's like everybody's wearing like baby blue. And yet you have uh, Joan Collins slash Alexis Carrington uh, in emerald green, which I don't love this outfit and like, and Mm -mm. 
Then when it's they're too like, old fashioned. The camera kind of like gets a little close and you can see just how fake those pearls are in the <laughs> necklace. But no, like whatever. Like, well, she I'm hasn't married I don't Cecil care about jewelry. Yet, I really so don't. She doesn't but, like, have the real thing. She's got to get that bedside wedding. Uh, that sounds like bed wedding. Blow dry budget. Blow dry budget. <laughs> blow dry budget. <laughs> The other thing I will say about Alexis's green dress that I don't love, love, but I kind of like, uh, you can see the shoulder pads and she, it's like, I don't know. What is that? A canoe neck? I forget what they call it. What's like, it's like a wide cut. The shoulder pads lift the neckline off of her body. So there's like a little bit of like a half an inch shadow. So like, this is what shoulder pads would do. Also, I love when she walks into the library towards the end of this episode and she's wearing all these like tans and beiges, very like whatever outfit. Um, but she's got the uh, pointed toe pumps on. And I have to like think like when did pointed toe pumps become a thing again? Because they were from the fifties originally, and then they kind of went away in the sixties because like round and square, square toe like mod dressing, square toe with the pilgrim buckle that was a big thing. Um, so the pointed toe pump wasn't really around for a long, long time. And I don't know if like it came back in the eighties because of a, a sort of retro idealized vision of the fifties or where, but anyway, she's wearing it. And I don't know that we've seen this in this show yet. So well, we don't really see their shoes. But here's lot, the thing about so. pointed toe pumps, uh, specifically on a high heel stiletto heel. This is like sharp and it's edgy, like literally I'm, I'm talking in literal terms and it's power and it's like it cuts into things you know we forget pointed toe as like a thing and we always remember shoulder pads but i think pointed toe and shoulder pads kind of like belong together and you're getting that moment here yeah you know what they say shoes make the woman is that what they say Well, Kyler, thank you so much for joining me for the third season premiere. Uh, it better get better than this because I don't know if I can hold out. Shaggy. Anyway, in the meantime, don't forget to follow us on social media. We're at Nasty Podcast. That's N-A-S-T-Y Podcast. And if you like this episode or any of the episodes, rate us on iTunes. You can leave all them stars and write a little review what you thought about the podcast, not the episode, because we all agree that this is not a great start to the third season. But you can also support the podcast financially. We're on Patreon, patreon.com slash nasty podcast. There's all kinds of little levels and fun extras. If you want to, you don't have to. We're going to keep serving up the third season as we go along. So I guess we'll keep moving along and meet this new Carrington in our lives and, and maybe find the baby. My baby is missing, Kyler. My daughter is dead. 